Episode number 34, dealing with a toxic person. In this episode, we'll be defining what does it mean to be toxic and what are some signs of difficult personality traits? What are five questions you can ask yourself to deal with the toxic person? And what are three methods to have a healthier relationship? We're getting right to it in three, two, one. Welcome to the Heal Your Burnout podcast, where us hustlers come together to have solution-focused conversations weekly. My name is Amber Connolly, a former burnt-out clinician and academic turned transformative coach. If you are a productive patty, miss I can do it all, or if you are ready to ditch the exhaustion, you have come to the right place. Each week I'll be providing you with wellness tips and trainings, inspiring you to look within, replace habits that are keeping you stuck, and offering insights to help you maintain your brilliance. If you are craving clarity, self-care, support, and mindset hacks, look no further. This is where your energy can be reignited and your hope can be restored. What's up, everyone? Today we are talking about dealing with a toxic person or a difficult personality trait. And I think at some point or another in life, we encounter difficult personality types. And I think often we get hung up on the word toxic, like what does it mean to be toxic? And I don't like calling people toxic because I think that to some degree at different points in our life, we're all capable of being toxic. So how do you cope with someone who is bringing you more problems than peace? Or how do you cope with someone who is displaying unwell characteristics, which could be another word for toxic. And I think that when people are not in a good place mentally or when people haven't dealt with their own problems, they will bleed out and wreak havoc on all areas of their life, not just personal relationships, but professional relationships. And it really becomes a systemic issue. There's a quote that says, hurt people hurt people. And when I think about the word toxic, I think that that accurately summarizes a person who, whether they know it or not, is unwell and has that person hasn't dealt with their own issues and it's causing issues for other people or in other areas of their life. So you usually know you're dealing with a toxic person when the person seems to be surrounded by chaos or drama. And when you think about different interactions with this person, you could think about chaotic moments where either they've picked a fight with you or things just never seem to be okay with them. If it's a boss, you might notice that they pick on you or they like to stir the pot. Maybe they compare employees. If it's in a friendship, it might surface as jealousy or as just causing a spiral of issues. And I think the best way to summarize that you know you're dealing with a toxic person when a person seems to cause chaos in your life. And when a person seems to put you down, make you feel bad, seems to stir the pot with you, seems to always be seeking attention, seems to ruin big events for you, seems to just never be satisfied. And it might be the type of relationship where they seem like they're always competing with you. 
they might have really low self-esteem and they might be putting themselves down a lot. So you're constantly needing to reassure them. Toxic, yes, it means causing chaos. But it also is that piece about being unwell. So here's the thing. When someone isn't well, you are not responsible for their healing. And often, if you're an empath, if you're someone with a really big heart, if you're someone who's predisposed to codependent behavioral types, I know for me personally, I've been in so many situations where I found myself in friendships and romantic relationships in professional situations with with people who weren't well and who were really going to me to build their self-esteem. And I was always there to reassure them because in my mind, I was trying to fix them and was trying to heal them, which at the end of the day is not our responsibility. Everyone is responsible for their own healing. Everyone is on their own journey. So when thinking of the word toxic, Think beyond just causing chaos. Think about it from the perspective of, is someone constantly needing to be reassured? Are you constantly pulling someone out of their metaphorical ditch? And are you constantly pep-talking them? Because that could also be a sign of toxicity. So here are some questions you can ask yourself when evaluating, is this person in my life toxic? So question number one. In the last six months, has this relationship brought me more chaos or peace? And think through it. Make a list if you have to. What are examples where you really found yourself being peaceful and enjoying time with this person? And when were moments that you were on edge, feeling unhappy, feeling anxious, or they caused some sort of argument or um, they really stirred the pot for you. So that's question number one. Question number two built off of question number one. Is this relationship energizing or de-energizing? Question number three. Is there give and take in this relationship? So in question number two, you're evaluating how do you feel energetically when this person texts you, when this person calls you? How do you feel? Do you feel like, woohoo, I'm so excited to hear from this person? Or is that is it that visceral response, that gut punch of dread? Or of, oh no, what do they want? Or how did I offend them this time? How do you feel when you have plans with this person? Are you excited to see them? Are you dreading it? Do you have to give yourself a pep talk to show up? What's it like when you're with them? How is the conversation when you're with them? Do you leave time with them feeling energized or de-energized? Get very granular with that. When you see the person on social media, does it make you feel annoyed or does it make you feel excited? Because even that is a telltale sign as well. Does the person post things on social media that are passive aggressive or that are directed at you but... Not really. Are they constantly stirring the pot on social media? How do you feel when involved or uninvolved with this person energetically? And building off of that, the give and take, how do you show up in the relationship? Are you always there for this person? Are you always there to to lend a listening ear? Are you doing favors for this person? How is this person showing up for you? 
is the friendship balanced out? Now, that's there's not to say that in life there are times where the give and take is not not equal. There's times where we really need to lean into our friendships and we really need to lean into our romantic relationships and we need to be supported. But is that support reciprocal? When you need them, are they there for you? And building off of that question, number three is the give and take equal or balanced. Number four is how does this person respond when things are going well for me? So for this question, I want you to think about major life events. You graduate from college. You get a good grade on an exam. You lose weight or you achieve some sort of physical milestone that you had for yourself. You get a promotion at work. You get married. You have a child. You reach some sort of life milestone or something goes your way. You have a birthday party and your friends and family come to celebrate you on your birthday. It's Christmas time and you're hosting Christmas Eve dinner at your house. It's Thanksgiving and it's your first Thanksgiving as a married couple. Whatever that milestone is, when it's your moment or a time where you're supposed to be happy, how does this person respond? Are they texting you on this day causing chaos? Are they stirring the pot extra on these days? Is their self-esteem triggered? Do they really put themselves down on these days? Are you really need to re are you really needing to reassure them on your special day? Um, what happens when things are going your way? Because often what you'll see in difficult personality traits is they have a hard time seeing other people be happy. And that's not to say that they're bad people. They just don't feel adequate enough themselves. So when they see someone either achieve something that they want, or when they see someone close to them be happy, even at a subconscious level, it triggers something in them where they usually pull some sort of a stunt. Whether it's, oh, I'm so happy for you. I just wish that I could do something like that. I just am am terrible and I, I am lazy and I could never do all the things that you do. And it could be something as subtle as they're putting themselves down where you're caught up then reassuring them instead of enjoying the moment. They might cause interpersonal conflict with other people around you, or they might um, tell you they can't make certain events because they're not feeling well or things are going really poorly for them. Just really pay attention and look back in the last six months, in the last year, in the last five years, how has this person responded during your life milestones or when things were going really well for you. And number five, how are the other relationships in your life? Meaning, if a certain relationship is causing chaos for you in your life, does that hold true for other relationships? Are there relationships in your life where there is peace? How does that compare to a relationship with a difficult personality type? And... Comparing in this sense is to help help you see the contrast, help you see how does a healthy relationship feel versus how does an unhealthy relationship feel. So those are the five questions you can ask yourself when you're trying to figure out, am I dealing with a toxic person? 
is this relationship unhealthy? Where am I at in this? And now, once you have the answer to those questions, really ask yourself, where do I want this to go? And I know that relationships are, there's a lot of emotion caught up in relationships. And the hard truth is, not all relationships are supposed to be lifelong. And I used to think that, you know, your best friend from third grade, your best friend from childhood, they are your ride or dies. And you know, sometimes that is the case. And that's a beautiful rarity when that does happen. But at the end of the day, relationships are our biggest teachers. They show you parts of yourself that still need to be healed. They show you different lessons that you need to learn. And people come in and out of our lives for different reasons. My mentor, one of her sayings is people are in our lives for different reasons, seasons, and lessons. And not every friendship is supposed to last forever. Because we're constantly evolving, we're constantly changing, and our relationships are meant to evolve and change as well. So that being said, when you answer those five questions and you ask yourself, where do you want this relationship to go? If this person is going to continue this behavior for the next three, six, 12 months, how is that going to impact your life? If we can't expect people to change, especially overnight. So again, one of my favorite sayings that my mentor says is, one of the best predictors of future behaviors is past behavior. So take a look at those five questions and evaluate how has this person's behavioral patterns, because that's what they are, patterns. You probably will notice a sequence over and over again. As humans, we are all just patterns. We all have patterns that we run all the time. So how is this person's patterns impacting you and how will it continue to impact you moving forward? And what do you want to do about it? So once you decide where you want the relationship to go, it's time to set boundaries. Set boundaries around where you want the relationship to go. Boundaries with yourself and boundaries with others. And I think the biggest thing is shifting your expectation because I think often when I've been in situations with toxic people or difficult personality types, I would really cling to those moments where things were good. Yeah, I know that they pulled this stunt or they really um, ended up breaking me down. We got into this argument. I left the situation feeling absolutely nauseous, sick, terrible, and I felt bad for a day, but they got me a really nice birthday present or I see glimpses of this person being sweet and being kind. Like, why can't I still be friends with them? So I would really cling to those isolated moments where things would go well. And I would wait for those moments and would cling on to them so tightly so that when things would get bad, I would try to gloss over it and ignore them. So often, shifting your expectation and recognizing you could have good moments and there, there, will, there are bad moments. And just because there's good moments doesn't mean you should ignore the bad, which is often opposite than... <laughs> What we're used to hearing, so often it's um, focus on the good. You know, that's like that, the positivity movement, focus on the good. Yes, focus on the good. However, you can't ignore the red flags and you can't ignore the chaos. 
And often I always had this expectation of things will change, things will get better. But believe patterns, not words. Believe those chaos patterns and believe that they will repeat. And with age and with time, they will get worse without intervention. So that being said, decide the type of boundaries that you need to put in place. Shift your expectations. Understand that those patterns will repeat until this person is ready to get help, go to therapy, deal with whatever it is that they have going on beneath the surface. And once you shift that expectations, decide how can you protect your peace? And I know for me, one of um, the mantras I adopted was bless and release. Bless. Know that this person isn't, isn't well. Hurt people hurt people. This person is clearly hurt. Recognize they are unwell. I wish them the best. But I often choose my stance when dealing with a toxic person or difficult personality type is my peace is more important. And when they're well, I hope they circle back to me. But if they don't, that's okay too. So blessing and releasing and keeping interactions positive. And what I mean by positive is not getting defensive or not entering into the banter back and forth. So often with shifting that expectation, you're not only understanding, okay, this person isn't going to change, but you're often shifting your mindset into recognizing, okay, been there, done that, I've done the back and forth. And if you've ever argued with a toxic person or with someone who isn't well, it's very irrational. They bring up things that aren't even happening and it is incredibly exhausting. So recognizing, I know that these conversations go nowhere, I'm not going there. So if they're texting me up a storm, causing a text fight, if they're calling me, it's okay to ignore the calls. It's okay to text back and say, hey, I hope you're having a great day. I'm not going there. I hope I'm not going there. I'm not doing this with you. And really setting those boundaries. And also recognizing that you are in a place of power. You get to choose. Are you going to choose peace or are you going to choose chaos? And you can even let the other person know, hey, I love you. I'm not going there with you. My intention is never to hurt you. I'm so sorry that you're hurting. I'm not going there with you. Or we're not having this conversation. And um, often with setting boundaries is maybe choosing to not invest time or energy on this person. Or maybe even ending a friendship. And I think sometimes when we think about ending any sort of relationship, it seems like such a formal closing. And it doesn't necessarily always have to be that way. We don't always need to justify what we're doing or why we're doing it. And I think it goes back to shifting your expectation. Because if you think about when having like some sort of formalized like quote unquote breakup or ending, often the other party isn't isn't going to understand what you're saying anyways. So is it even worth your energy saying it? So... Um, sitting down and having a formal discussion saying, I would like to to go our separate ways, often does more harm than good and takes more of your energy than it gives. So decide if you were to end a chapter, how are you going to do it? And are you going to choose to do it in a way that's peaceful for you or that's chaotic for you? Maybe you decide to, to do something called the gray rock method, which is something that I learned from a psychologist named Dr. Romney, who is an expert on difficult personality types, on narcissism, 
and on toxic behaviors. And she introduced this concept of gray rock because there are times where ending the relationship just isn't possible. And before I get into gray rock, maybe you choose to end the relationship by declining invites to see them or slowly fading away. And just know that that is okay too. It is okay to move on and choose your peace especially if the other person isn't going to understand anyways, if they're not even aware that they're causing all this chaos. Often slowly fading away is way easier than having the conversation because there's nothing to say. There's nothing to say and there's no resolution, so why even say anything? And that's part of the questions you need to ask yourself. What would be the most peaceful way to proceed with this? So back to Gray Rock because sometimes there's, difficult personality types that we experience in places that we simply can't walk away from them, whether it's a coworker, a boss, a family member. So there needs to be ways to deal with the toxic people that we can't simply break ties with. So the gray rock method is my favorite way to do that. So if you think about a pebble or a rock on the side of the road, it's dull and it's just a typical rock. It's a gray rock, nothing exciting about a gray rock. So when you think about the dull gray rock, that is how you are going to show up in that relationship. And what I mean is you're gonna sit down and you're gonna make a list of safe topics. Topics that do not cause chaos. So it might look something like the weather, um, if you're at work, maybe it's the how busy or slow the day is. Maybe it's chit-chat over celebrity gossip. Maybe it's chit-chat over fashion. Make a list of the topics that you know are safe and that are unsafe. So maybe talking about your personal life is unsafe. Maybe talking about politics is unsafe. And whatever those unsafe things are, avoid them and only stick to your safe list and keep your safe list at two to three items. So say it's the weather, work, fashion. So you know those are the three things that you could talk about with this person. And if the conversation goes the other way and they ask about something else, bringing it back to your three safe topics. So, and having your responses ready. So let's say you're planning a wedding and you don't want to talk about your wedding with this person and they're pressing, hey, how's the wedding planning going? You know, it's great. I don't really want to talk about it. So anyways, tell me more about your day. How's work going? And switching it back to them, tossing it back. And it's okay to say things like, I really don't want to talk about it. And what I found in Grey Rock is sometimes even making it seem like a situation is no good, like it's so bad that I don't want to talk about it. So I remember I had a friend that would get really, really jealous and just really, was really over the top. So, and it wasn't this person's fault, it was just they were in a tough season in their life and it was hard for them to hear about when things were going well for me. So when the person would ask, how is this going? I would say, you know, I really don't want to talk about it. So anyways, like, tell me, how's work going for you? Like, I would make it seem like, ooh, like, not a good topic. And it's okay if it secretly is a good topic, but it's protecting your peace because you really don't want to talk about it. 
So Gray Rock is sticking to those three to five maximum safe subjects and not deterring from those subjects because that's your safety and keeping it anything outside of that, keeping a dull response and not engaging. That is the biggest thing. Do not take the bait. They will try to bait you into an argument. Not taking the bait, staying gray rock and protecting your peace. At the end of the day, you are responsible for protecting your peace. So I really challenge you, if you have a person that comes to mind when listening to this episode, ask yourself those five hard questions and implement boundaries, gray rock, and decide how can you protect your peace from a difficult personality type. Thank you so much for listening. I will catch you in the next episode. Hey friend, before you leave, please head on over to iTunes podcast and search for Heal Your Burnout. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, give us a five-star review, and help us spread the word about our show. I would love to connect with you on social media. My Instagram handle is at Amber underscore Connolly underscore. And until next time, I'm sending you so much love and light, and I can't wait to keep moving forward with you.